All right. And so we gave you a like, glimpse of uh, all the ages in our church. It's a, you, know, if you think about Grace Hills Church, what, what are we? We are a, a Christ-centered, Bible-centered, intergenerational church seeking to reach out to people of all ages. And uh, you got a glimpse of that as we looked at uh, what God did in this last year. But as I was uh, you know, praying and thinking about this particular Sunday as we celebrate the past and look forward to the future, what is it that God wants us to be as a church? And it's uh, very easy when you preach or teach to, to complicate uh, things that are pretty simple. And so this morning, what I want to do is keep the main thing the main thing and make it extremely clear. Of, uh, the outline is a little bit longer than it has to be, but it's, it's very, very simple and hopefully uh, clear to all of us. But before we look at God's Word this morning, uh, let's look to Him in prayer one more time. Let's pray together. Father, we, uh, we come to you desiring to be what you want us to be, individually as uh, Christ followers, but also to collectively as a church. And, and we know uh, nothing really happens unless the Lord does it. Uh, those who labor uh, without having the Lord build that house labor in vain. And we really pray as we seek uh, to be what you want us to be and continue to reach out and be the church you want us to be, we pray that we might look to you in all things. And Father, particularly this morning as we look in your word, we, we pray that we might uh, catch what you have for us. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. You know, keeping the main thing, the main thing is really the, the theme this morning. We're taking a break in our series in the Gospel of Luke. And what I want to do is just look at some, some major passages that really speak about what we individually and, and collectively need to be all about. And even as uh, Bill was sharing uh, little glimpses this past uh, couple weeks, it's all been about at the Winter Olympics. And isn't it amazing how really all the other stations really shut down? Uh, they're all giving reruns of other programs because, you know, the United States is just looking at ourselves to see how we perform. And, and look, as you look at the results, in some ways, uh, some people thought it was a disappointment because we didn't get as many medals as we did uh, four years ago. In other ways, we were within one gold medal of reaching the top uh, achievement of any Olymp Winter Olympics we've ever been in. But as you look at uh, the competitors, whether it's from our country or some other country, you recognize that when, when they competed, they, they, really, they really understood what they were there about. They were, they were there to give their very, very, what, best. I mean, I, I think we could all see that. Whether they were the most talented, and we, we saw some human interest stories that kind of almost made us question, why did they actually come? Uh, I don't know if you heard the story about Elizabeth Sweeney, who, who spent two years trying to somehow, in fact, she accomplished that to qualify for the Olympics. She is an American that uh, has achieved pretty well academically. She has a master's from Harvard, but she wanted from her day one to be an Olympian, and so she has... Her, wife, her mother is from Venezuela. She tried to kind of latch onto their team. That didn't quite work. And so she tried to somehow connect with Hungary. And for two years, she went to every World Cup event in which you would slide down the half pike and skis. And the only way she was going to ever make it was to somehow in those 30 Olympic World, I mean, 30 World Cup events, is that half of the people who were competing in those events would, would flame out, they would fall. And so she would get the, the ability at a few points every time she went. Well, for two years, she competed, and she had enough points. And when she competed in the Olympics, she didn't try one trick as she went down the half pike. All she did was slide. But what she achieved was being an Olympian, and she gave her very, very what? Best. 
And as we look at ourselves, what God is not looking for is talented people. He's not looking necessarily for people with a lot of ability, but what he's looking for is people with a lot of availability. Are you willing to give what you have to the cause of Christ? Are you are willing to do whatever it takes to be on the team, to be what God wants you to be? And so this morning what I want to talk about is, is keeping the main thing the main thing. And whether you are one who the world sees as a gold medal winner and there were some surprises, people that no one thought would even get close to the podium that made it, a 17-year-old with a name Red made uh, uh, Olympic gold in snowboarding, jumping off this huge mound to do amazing tricks and land not on his head but on his snowboard, or, or whether you're a disappointment where everyone thought in your main event you would reach gold. What we saw is people competing and, and doing their very, very, what, best. And so that's what God has called us to be. He, he's called us to, to be all in on what he's all about. Now, if you come this morning and for some reason you're relatively new or you're not even on that, that, that first step in following Jesus Christ because you're still trying to decide whether you really believe in him or whether you've been a Christian a long period of time, whether you're relatively new to our church, you've been church, at our church for a long period of time, uh, hopefully this, this message makes sense. And really what I want to share with you about the main thing being the main thing is I, I want to give you three words to remember. Uh, one word is member, the other word is minister, and the other word is missionary. Let's say that together. Member, mem, uh, member, I didn't even get it right. <laughs> member, minister, and missionary. I'm trying to do my best up here. Give me a break, will you? All right. So it's, it's, let's say it one more time. Let's all be member, minister, missionary. And I really believe that God has called us as God's people. And if you're still on the outside looking in, this is what God is calling you to be if you take that step of faith. Is God wants us to be a member, he wants to be a minister, and he wants us to be a missionary. That that's really summarizes God's call for people to enter into a relationship with him. And, and as you think about that, it, it is a high calling. It, it's, it's a calling in which God has, has done everything on his part to pave the way for us to go down that path, but, but we got to make a choice. And it's a daily choice to follow him as we look at his call for our life. But let's look at what it means uh, to make the main thing the main thing. What, what are the main things for us? And I'm putting into this next year, but in many ways you could say for every year God leaves you on this planet. What is it God wants from you and from me individually and collectively as we identify as one of his children? Well, we're going to pursue th three things, and they're going to connect all in the end. First of all, pursuing everyone to be a committed member in Christ's church. Pursuing everyone to be a committed member in Christ's church. And in case I kind of make this unclear toward the end of this, I'm not talking particularly about being a member at Grace Hills Church. That's, that's one option. And I'm not even saying particularly if you're in that position now, you're deciding what church... God is calling you to, that you got to make that today. But that God is calling each of us initially to be in Christ's larger church, which is really his body that is throughout the world, being a memory of his family. And we individually and collectively, that's our heart's desire. When we looked at all those pictures about children, youth, and adult, uh, and adults, they range from younger adults to, to people like me, older, is that we want everyone that we come in contact to be part of God's family. Isn't that true? We have as a purpose statement for our church to honor God by helping more people become fully devoted followers of Christ. And each phrase in that one phrase is important. 
First of all, it all begins that we're called to honor God. What does that mean? It means to give God glory. What does that mean? What, what it means, we want to live in such a way that people can see how good God is. That, that's really what we want to do. We're, we're not trying to make God something he is not. But we believe that, that God is good. In fact, really the reason when you, when you boil it down, why does anyone choose to follow Jesus and follow Jesus? Because they have come to that place in their life, they see how good God is as he was fully revealed in Jesus. And many people had more questions about God than they had answers until God invaded history 2,000 years ago. And people could see God in the flesh. And there were people who were amazed at Jesus. And they began to see just how good God is. And for some, that threatened them. Because as you see how good God is, that mirror turns around and you see how not good you are. And when you come into a relationship with, with God, you come to that place in your life where you see how good God is and how much you need God. And so we who are Christ followers, we want to live in such a way that people can see how good God is. And now that's a lifelong challenge because sometimes the way we live, people could question that. How good God is, how good is God? Because I look at his, his family and they don't, they don't look that good. Can you admit to that at times? Sometimes you live in such a way, and if pe- you, you almost hope people don't know you're a Christian, right? Because if they know you're, like sometimes you have Christian stickers on your back of your car, and you're driving a certain way, and, and maybe you do something, say, I hope no one saw that Grace Hill sticker on my, the back of my thing. Because you, you, you reflect on Jesus however you live, right? And, and so we want to live lives that honor God, where people can see how good God is, and they can see how good God is, and, and they want to know this good, good God. And, and that's our challenge then as we honor God and how we live with our attitudes and actions. We live in such a way that we desire more people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. And when that happens, people come, become a member of Christ's church, the larger church, the larger family of God. In Matthew chapter 28, 18 through 20, this is what Jesus said. Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and do what? Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What has God given us? He's given us all a job description. He's given us some marching orders. And what is that marching order for us? We are called to make disciples. And you could put it this way. We're not called simply to make decisions, but disciples. That needs to be the passion of our life, that we want people to come into a relationship with Jesus. Now, it begins with a decision. It begins with a choice. But how do you know if that was a real choice, a real decision? Is, is how does it live out? Then when it is lived out, that means we become a disciple of Jesus. Now, that's actually a Bible word. What, what, what does it mean to be a disciple? It's the word mathetes, which means to be a learner or follower. One author I was reading said this, is that to be a disciple of Jesus is to, to daily decide not only to believe in Jesus, but decide that you want to learn and follow him in every area of your life. What is a disciple? A disciple who 
is one who chooses not to not only believe in Jesus, but to learn and follow Jesus in every area of your life. At home, at school, in your neighborhood, at work, in all of your relationships, where you're learning and following him, and, and your life is, is changing because Jesus is the, is the change agent. That's the lifelong commitment. It's, as someone said, it's not simply you know, making a nod to God and say, okay, I got my ticket to heaven. It's saying, no, I, I want to live in such a way that I live in such a way that people see how good you are. And, and they want to follow you because they, they, they see how good you are and how needy they are. And I want to not only believe in him for eternity, but I want to believe in him now. And I want to learn and follow him in every area of my life. So we, we want to pursue everyone, everyone we know to be a member of, of Christ's church, to be a member of his family. But that membership goes on a little bit further, and, and it talks about the, a local commitment to Christ where it's lived out. In Romans 12, verses 4 and 5, Paul writes, For just as we have many members in one body, and all members do not have the same function, we don't all do the same thing, so we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. And so what does it mean to pursue people to become a committed member of Christ church? First of all, is make that choice to become a disciple, to be a learner, follower, believer in Jesus, but also to be part of, of God's team. Now, Bill Sheridan, you know, I, we all used to laugh at curling. How, how many of you used to laugh at curling? I used to laugh at it. I laughed at it until I saw the Americans won, win, you know. It was amazing. I don't know if you saw that. I, I, I taped it because I thought they might win. And it was amazing. And I was all in because it was, it was our team winning. I was right there with them. I was the sixth member of that team. But, you know, it's, it, it's interesting when you become part of something. You, you, you value something a lot higher. The, the same thing. Another sport I don't particularly follow closely is, is, is ladies hockey. Anybody a ladies hockey fan? But, you know, when they, when they made Canada, and, uh, you know, I taped that one as well. And, and you know, it was two to two and went overtime and then it was a shootout and then the last uh, you know person in the shootout scored and then our our goalie stopped their uh, last shot at the goal and you know we won three to two and I'm, ah you know I'm getting all excited about that because I somehow felt well even though my gender wasn't right I felt I was on that team right we we won the gold but you know if if I, we didn't have any one in the gold medal round, I, I probably wouldn't have been that what? That interested. And see, this often what happens to God's people. When, when we are not all in in a local expression of, of God's team, then, you know, we're, we're somewhat unmotivated, right? And, and so God has called us to be a part of his larger church, but he's called us to be a part of his local church and saying, I'm all in here. I'm on, I'm on that team. Sometimes people look at membership as like, are you joining a club? No, that's not, you're not joining a club. You're joining a team, and, and every team has players, and everyone who is on a team is supposed to what? Supposed to play. But if you're not on a team, you, you're kind of just watching other people do what they do. So God has called us to be members one of another. It's a team sport. It's not an individual sport. It's a team sport. We have individual responsibilities, but we're together. 
So being individually members of one another, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 through 16, I mean through 26, we, don't, we won't turn to that passage, but you can look it up later. That's where Paul says, look, it, just because you're not a foot and you wanted to be a hand or you were an eye and you wanted to be a mouth, that doesn't mean somehow you're less than somebody else who is kind of gifted in another way. Then he said, you need to realize that when we become members, we, we're now knowing each member is essential. In fact, most of us, we think, well, you know, if I'm not there or I'm not involved, it's, it's really not that important. And then Paul writes, I, I want you to understand that the people who, who seem less important are much more important than the people you think are important. You know, you, <laughs> there's going to come a time you're going to replace me and you won't even miss me, <laughs> you know. But the people here that are the, the core of the church, those are the ones that are most important. And who are, who are the core? Those who are all in. And, and so as we look at what does God want for us in the new year, and it's really every near, new, new year, it's, it's we want to be people that are pursuing others to be a real part, a vital part of God's church. And I'm going to challenge you with a, a, a question this morning. For some of you, you've already made this commitment. Some of you are, are new and you're just checking us out. And some of you have been here and you're, you're, just, you're just wondering, you know, is, is, this, is this something I want to be all in with? But this is the question. What church are you committed to? And, and let me be honest here. I'm not talking about formal membership. That's not as important to me as saying I've come to that place that this is this is my church. It's not their church or that church. This is, this is my church. When we do well, I'm celebrating. When we don't do well, I'm taking part of the blame. When, when we have things to do and it's not done, I'm, I'm not wondering why isn't somebody else doing it. How can I make it get done? You, you see how that is essential? When we think about ministering to people and people you know, have, have their journey and, and you might be still in that decision place, but but. Every, everyone who identifies with Christ and is a member of his larger church needs to decide, well, now what local church am I committed to? You understand what I'm saying? And, and it's not about formal membership. That's a, that's a part. That's a way to kind of really fully connect. But it's really saying, this is my church. I, I'm all in. This is my family. And every family has some crazy uncles and aunts, right? Okay. I mean, we got some crazy people here. I can name them if you want me to tell you who they are. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they're, I might be one of them. Okay, is that, it's not that it's a perfect church, but I say, I'm, that's a family, and I'm committed to that family, and it's a team, and I'm going to play my part in the team. We're going to talk about that in a moment. So what's the main thing? The main thing is we want to pursue everyone to be part, first of all, of God's eternal family, Christ church, but but then we're calling people to say, hey, be all in. And if it's all in, be all And if it's not here, go someplace else. But if it's here, then be all in. Secondly, not only do we pursue everyone to be a committed member of Christ's church, we're pursuing every member to be a minister in Christ's church. When we do go through formal membership, we will announce and we'll share who have who have made that step to become a formal member of the church. But, but at times I thought, well, let me just change that. We're going we're gonna to announce who have, who have decided to become uh, identifiable ministers in the church. 
And there's different ways you, you describe people like me. You know, some people say they're pastors. Sometimes they're reverends. Some, they're part of the clergy. Sometimes they'll, they'll call people like me ministers. But the word minister really has the idea of being a servant. And God has called all of his people to be ministers, all of his people to be servants, all of his people to be involved in people's lives and, and using their gifts and talents for him. And the Bible's clear about that. 1 Peter 4.10 is each one has received a special gift. That means every one of you who know the Lord Jesus are gifted. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And what does that mean? That we are, we are committed to employing every member in ministry. One of the goals that we're going to have in 2018 slash 2019, you know, we're going to go after everybody. Now, it's not that we're going to try to put a burden on everybody, but what we really believe that you are more blessed, as Jesus said, when you're serving. And so we want to help you find a place of service, a place of ministry. Uh, we have a ministry called Serve and, and also a training thing called Shape. And we're going to do some other things as well. We're, we're helping people say, what is my role? What is my part in God's church? What, what, what am I doing? And if it's not in the local church in here, what am I doing outside the church that I'm, I'm leveraging it for the cause of Christ? So you can identify what, what ministry are you involved in. Employing every member. And you might be thinking, well, what am I going to get paid, right? And that's why I like to say I, I get paid for being good and you all are good for nothing, all right? But you know what it is? When, when you serve Christ... You, you, your reward will be great where? In heaven. You know, I'm going to lose some of my reward because I get paid for it, right? But you get full reward in heaven. And, and so I want to just call all of us and say, look, at, I have a place to play in, in God's program. In Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 16, it says this, But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So, so he's calling us not only to know Jesus, but to know him deeply, to, to grow up, to mature. And then it says this, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together, by which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Now, hopefully you, you, you kind of thought about that passage as I read it. It says, look, at how is the body put together? Well, there, there are physical joints that need to connect, you know, the, the, the thigh bone to the, I don't know that song, but you know how that works? You know, if, if somehow there isn't a connection point with various parts of your body, they, they don't work. And you think, well, how, do, how does the body of Christ, <clears throat> the family of God, the flock of God, the church of God, how does it work? It works when everyone's doing their part. And, and so we need to be thinking that. We, we need to be playing the part we are supposed to to play. And in every team sport, that doesn't matter. You, you could have the greatest player, but as some athlete, my supporting cast, if your supporting cast isn't good enough, you, you don't win. And, and the reality, not only you don't win it collectively, but you don't, you don't win personally. Many great athletes are, are measured on how many rings they have, how many championships they've won. They could, they could have the greatest statistics in terms of how well they shot the ball or hit the ball or ran with the ball or passed the ball or caught the ball. But if they never get a ring, somehow their, their legacy is tarnished, right? 
And, and why did it get tarnished? Well, there's a lot of reasons why what happens in sports. But, but as we think about the church, and all God is asking for us is to, to do our very, very best. When we get graded in the end, it's going to be um, good and faithful servant, right? God is the one. We water and plant, but God causes the increase. But our faithfulness is the determining factor in what kind of grade God gives us. Did we give our very best? Uh, there was this thing about Olympics. I'll share with you a little bit. I have a good friend um, named John Jackson, and he would have quite possibly wrestled in the 1984 Olympics. But, no, 1980 Olympics, but that was the Olympics that we decided that we'd boycott. And so his chance to compete was eliminated. Uh, and essentially, when I would talk with him and, and, and talk about his training, and, and I would say, why don't you just skip today? You're kind of tired. He says, the problem is if I skip today, I can never make that up. Well, can't you just work twice as hard the next day? He said, well, if I work twice as hard the next day, and then I, I really could have worked hard, twice as hard the next day, and I should have still done it today, and then I would have had today and the next day that I worked twice as hard. And really, the, the idea there is he realized that he was always in training. He was always in training. It didn't mean he did the same things every day, but he realized, I need to do the, the things that make me a better athlete every day if I want to compete on the world scene. And really, that gets back to the whole point. He wants us to be faithful. Find the part he wants us to play and then, and then play it to the best of our ability through God's strength. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it was said this about Jesus. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. I don't know about you, but what does it mean to, to be a minister is to follow the example of Jesus. I was reading an article by John Piper, and he said, you know, it's interesting as you look at Jesus. You know, Jesus, and we just read that passage in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, that, that he came to to uh, serve and not be served. So we can look back in the past that Jesus was a servant. But then if you look at Jesus, it, it talks about in various passages that he is our present help now. Hebrews 13, 4 and 5, it talks about he's always with us, but he's always with us to help us. So he's presently helping us. And we're going to be looking in the future in Luke chapter 12 uh, that it says that Jesus, when he comes, is going to serve his family. You think, well, this, doesn't, wait, this doesn't make sense. Jesus is Lord of lords and King of kings, and yet he came to serve, is still serving, and he will serve. It, isn't that somehow beneath him? He says all define, it all depends upon how you define a servant. If a servant is simply defined as the one who always takes orders then, and, and is only defined that way, then that is a demeaning role that Jesus voluntarily plays. But but what every time Jesus serves, you know what it should remind us? Is that he serves us because we need for him to serve us. He helps us because we need his help. When he helps us and serves us, he sets the example for us that we were created not to be part of a spectator sport, but we're called to participate, right? Right? And so what he does, he raises the, the whole level of, it is a pleasure to serve. In fact, isn't Chick-fil-A, isn't that what they say when they, they give you <laughs> something to eat there? Thank you. It's my 
my pleasure. Now, have you ever thought about, are you really being honest there? <laughs> Were you just told to say that? But, you know, they can often say it with a smile, right? And I think after a while, they realize, look at it. It's a pleasure to work in that kind of environment. When you're just helping others, it's a pleasure. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And giving is not just financially. It's giving of your life. So what I want to do now, and I probably should have paused a little bit longer on the first one, but what ministry are you doing? Now, we're not going to hand these in. This is not a blue book. <laughs> but it, it, write down, if you're in transition, just write the word transition. I'm, I'm looking at what, where God wants me to serve. But that's the question that, that you ought to take home after the first one. What, what church are you all in at? And if you're in transition, write the word transition. But the goal is for all of us to be connected to a church we're all in at. Secondly, we're all called to serve. Could you agree with me? Am I making this up? We're all called to serve. And it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to serve, right? It's a, it's a pleasure to serve. So we, we want to find where we can use our gifts and our talents and abilities to serve. And it can be in the local church. It can be outside the local church. Leverage for the cause of Christ. But he's left us here to, to follow his example. And so you want to identify that. And our goal, let me, let me put this in context. My goal, our goal, is in 2018-2019 is help all of you find a ministry and a role that you're excited about. Again, we're not going to attack you, but we want to come alongside you and help you find a place of ministry. And that's for everyone. It doesn't matter what your age is. It's how can I serve? I, I just got to take the other, the other side of the, the age bracket. I, I got a, a note from one of our, well, it's the Klimmers. They're, they're medical missionaries in the South Sudan. They're connected with the Sidnors in many ways. And they were talking to me about, they were writing a letter about this lady named Christina who, who uh, previously years, they had written about her, her being the Proverbs 31 woman. If you don't know who that is, that's a woman who just lives to serve others. But now she came in a place in her life where she was frustrated because her health was to such a condition. She was not in a position to, to get any operation that would help her. She was filled with arthritic pains throughout her body. And, and it was interesting. She said, and the thing she would say to us is, I feel so bad because I can't help anybody anymore. And then someone came alongside her, and she saw them knitting, making things for other people. And she said, well, maybe I could do that. And so someone came along and taught her to knit. And, and now she has a ministry of knitting, making things for the poor who have nothing. And, and she's using her time and ability to serve others. And so as we think about people on one side of the scale, if whatever it is, whether you're going to have a ministry of concentrated prayer or using whatever gifts and talents you have, to, using your telephone to call people, or whether you're younger and say, well, if... If, if I know something about Christ, maybe I can tell someone else about Christ at school or, or maybe in the church. I can volunteer with the ages younger than me or, or whatever it might be. Is that God has called us to be servants, to have a ministry for him. So God has called us to be members. He's called us to be ministers. He's also called us to be missionaries. Pursuing every member minister to be a missionary. And if you're a member of this church, if this is the church you're connected to, whether you're formerly a member or not, 
You're a member minister, but not only a member minister, but you're a member minister missionary. What does that mean? Well, in Acts 1 8 says this, but you shall receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness. You shall be, not you might be, or you could be, or it's an option to be. You shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, which is local, in all Judea and Samaria, which is the surrounding areas, and even to the remotest part of the earth. And often we think of missionaries, and in one sense, we, there's a reason we would segment those who are going to other parts of the world and other cultures. But in many ways, when you just go to another place in the world, you're to be doing what you're doing here, but just someplace else. And, and God has called all of us to be a witness for Christ everywhere we go. And the everywhere begins where, we're all right, where we are right now. It's not, and I've been on many mission trips, but it, it really means, it, it means it, it's depreciated immensely. If I want to be a witness somewhere else, but I don't want to be a witness here. And so we, we are called to be missionaries, to, to take what we have and tell what we have to others. In Luke 19.10, again, example of Jesus. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was, what? Lost. And we, we've talked about it in the past. But we, we've all experienced ourselves and for others as well who, who have lost things that were very valuable to them. And you go to great length and time to somehow find what needs to be found. And, and, and the story of the the entire Bible is the most precious people to be found are people who don't know Jesus. And so we want to be part of that great adventure of rescuing people who need to know Jesus. And so we need to help lost people be found. And in Luke 8, 39, it says this, return to your house. He was speaking to the one who'd been transformed by Jesus. And he said, return to your house and describe what great things God has done for you. And we talked about that when we were in the series in the Gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter 8. And the story there is, here's a man who, he, who would least expected to come to know Christ in a personal way. He was so far gone that everyone ran from him rather than to him to help him. But Jesus came to him and transformed his life. And what happened next was what you would expect. A man who was unclothed and not in his right mind became clothed and was in his right mind. A person no one wanted to be around. Now they were amazed at what had happened. He wanted to go where Jesus was going. He said, can I somehow be one of your direct followers, and wherever you go, I'm going to go with you. And, and Jesus said, no. So no, you need to go back to your house. And if you've been with us here at Grace Hills for any length of time, that word for house is the word oikos. And he's not talking about a physical building. What he's saying here is, I want you to go to your extended relationships, your family and your friends, the people you do life with, and I want you to be the person who talks to them about what God has done in your life. There are some people that you know, if you know Jesus, that you are better than the greatest evangelist at least America has ever produced, Billy Graham, who passed away this, uh, this week. You're better for them than if Billy Graham was to show up at their house. Because they might have read about Billy Graham, they might have heard about him, but they don't know him. But they know you. You. 
And when you talk to people you know about Jesus, you're much more credible than a stranger. And so we are called to be like that, that man in Jesus' day that was radically changed by the grace and love of Jesus to go back to the people we know and talk to them about Jesus. We, we are to be a witness to them. Now, there are a variety of ways to be a witness. You, you might say, well, I, I get tongue-tied every time I talk about Jesus. I, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say something wrong. I don't want to mess it up. Look, first of all, you know what you do with, with people that are in a relational world? You pray for them. You know, when God calls us to be obedient to him, and that's really what it means to be a learner, follower, believer in Jesus, say, I, I want to be obedient to you. He's not asking you to do things you can't do. He's asking you to do things you can do. And, and what it means to be a, a, a witness for him is, first of all, identify people in your relational world that you can pray for. And, and when you begin regularly pray for them, God will open up ways to communicate Jesus to them. It, it, it might be in a verbal witness. It might be with an inviting them to church. It might be inviting them to an event. It might be giving them a piece of literature. It might give, give them a, a CD or to ask them to, to listen to a podcast. It might be to look at, at a magazine that has some Christian articles. It might be to invite them over to your home and invite someone who is comfortable talking about Jesus to be with you, whatever it might be. But, but it all begins with saying, I, I want to be a witness. I am a witness, but I, I want to be a good witness. And what does it take to be a good witness is, is to care about people. And if you care about people, you're going to pray for them. And if we don't, you know, have you, I think we've all heard this phrase. If you fail to plan, you plan to what? You plan to fail. And I don't want, I don't want any of us to, to fail at being what God has called us to be, to be a witness. In your bulletin this morning, there's a, there's a card. It says five for five. And, and the challenge for us, it's a doable challenge to say, I want to identify five people in my local world, my local relational world that, that as far as I know, don't know Jesus. And I want to identify them by name. And I want to start praying for them five minutes a day, every day. Just pray for them. And, and what I want you to do now is take out that card and, and just write down some names of local people. I mean, look, you can add to the name. There's family that I have that don't live locally. There are friends that I have that don't live locally. There are people I know across the world that, that I'm concerned about. But, but I want, and I know God wants me to be a witness in my Jerusalem. And he wants me to, to begin praying for them. And I, I, I want to challenge all of us to, to have people, local people we're praying for. And as I was wrestling through this, I, again, I want us all to succeed. You, you might have some people in your life that you're concerned about, but you don't even know their name. It might, might be a neighbor three doors down, and you see them, you know, get out of their, you know, get out of their house, go in their car, and then take off, and then you see them come back in their car and, and come back, and as far as you know, you don't know where they, are, they stand spiritually. You say, you know, I want to begin praying for that person. So you write in your card, I'm praying for the third house down and the people with the, whatever car it is, and I want to pray for them. Well, or maybe it's someone that you, uh, you go to the same store, and it's the, it's the overly friendly uh, checkout person. And usually I want to get through the checkout system as fast as possible. In fact, Alice does all our shopping. But, you know, I ought to be thinking about that person who's friendly to me, and I'm never friendly to them. I want, I want to maybe develop a relationship with them. 
Maybe it's, it's someone that you, you're involved in an activity or sport with. Maybe you golf with or play some other sport with and say, you know, it's the person I play, pay the green fees to. Uh, it's it happening in my life right now. I, I play certain sports to, to get to know people. And I care about them. They might never come to know Christ, but I'm praying for them. I'm inviting them, and, I, and I'm trying to be a witness to them. And it begins with me having a plan. And there are going to be periods of time where it's going to be easy to get five. Sometimes you're going to have to just identify people you don't know and ask that you, you would get to the point where you can know them. And other times you might have all kinds of people you're, you're praying for. But we, we, would you agree we all can have people locally that we can pray for that we don't know if they know Jesus? Shake your hand like, shake your head, shake your head. Like, is that true? Isn't that what God, and is that doable that we could pray for people in our relational world that don't know Jesus locally and ask that we would live the life before them and if we get opportunity to share the life that we have with Jesus or invite them to read something or listen something or, or to come to something and be a, an intentional witness for Jesus Christ with people with skin on. Because what I'm trying to share with all of us this morning is that God has called us to keep the main thing the main thing. And it's, it's as simple as the three M words I began with. This message is given to you by the letter M. The main thing is God has called us to be a member of His church and then to c- decide what church am I going to be all in at. Secondly, he's called us all to be ministers. He's called us all to, to serve, to, to take our gifts and talents, to take needs. Sometimes we serve in areas that aren't necessarily where we're gifted, but that's the greater need, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug in. And then thirdly, he's called us all to be missionaries. He's called us all to be those who would identify about Christ with others by praying for them and looking for opportunities to talk with them. There's a reason God, once we come to know Him, doesn't just beam us up Scotty and we go straight to heaven. Because He's left us here on purpose, with a mission, with a plan. And that is to be a member of God's team, His church, to be a minister in God's program, and to be a missionary reaching out to people who don't know Jesus. God will decide on the fruitfulness of our commitment. But God is calling us to choose to make the next step of obedience in our walk with God. So the so what this morning is both a personal and collective one. How are we, how are you, how am I measuring up? Not, not, not compared to somebody else, but but simply God's plan for us. Am I a member of His church? Am I a minister in His church? Am I a missionary in His church? Am I desiring to measure up, not to somebody else's standard, but to His standard, to be faithful in what God has given me, and like an Olympian, to do my very what? Best. Let's pray. Lord, there might be some here this morning that are still on the outside looking in, and I I want them to know that, that God is so good. 
So good that he takes anyone who is so needy that is willing to admit their need, and he, he will invite them into a relationship that will last forever, but will begin now. And if there's someone here this morning that doesn't know you, I just invite them to recognize that God loves them. They've messed up. Jesus came to clean up their mess. And if they'll give their life to Jesus fully, he'll come into their life right now and forgive them of their sins and make them a new person on the inside. And then, Father, I pray for all of us that, that know you, that we might desire just to do the simplest of things, the main things, be a vital part in your team, your, your church, by being a member of it and, and being all in, that we might be a person that is committed to, to being a, a minister, to serving where we can serve, and then looking at the, the pleasure and privilege of being a missionary for you. This is what your church is to be all about, to help people see how good God is and then invite them in to that relationship with the living Christ. Help us to be all that you want us to be. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.